0: Hey, guys. Ah, one. are you ready for this a recap? I'm so ready, baby. I've been ready for a <laughs> oh, minute. <week>. <laughs> <laughs> it was a pretty good one. We had a Tommy Greer in studio. He was very inspirational. Mm-hmm. Um, We talked about a bunch of shit. That- we talked about
1: his sobriety journey, mm-hmm. what that meant for him mentally, yep. physically, spiritually. Yeah. Fucking give us some amazing tips on meditating. You guys, if you haven't meditated or want to start
0: and don't know how to, Hey, the we, he has a lot of steps he went through and mm-hmm. he also talked about Dungeons and Dragons for a significant amount of time and how that got you laid and engaged <laughs> yeah right
1: <laughs> I mean who, who would have thought a good fucking healthy game of Dungeons and Dragons yeah I mean, but Tommy
0: is a real genuine authentic guy uh, yeah was such a, a great, great conversation great 90 minutes of just insp- inspiration really mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so have a listen guys let us know what you think and uh, we'll make sure our next one's a little more you know light and funny And sexy. And sexy. Nutty. (laughs) Gross. This episode is brought to you by The Granville Room. They are located at 957 Granville Street and are now open every Friday and Saturday night from 6 p.m. until 11 p.m. and hope to be open later in the near future. Stop by early between 6 and 8 for happy hour and free poutine followed by live DJs. For more information and booking tables, please visit them at safeandsoundent.com or at Granville Room on Instagram. Hello and welcome
1: back to a new episode of PNC Akio. <laughs>
0: post, post, not clarity. A this version of Nolan here today is a little acceptable.
1: It's Monday morning. think trash. I had a coffee. Yeah, we had a coffee. I had a coffee. I had a two-day bender. And now we're f- shut the fuck up. Okay. So we're gonna have a fucking episode forty-five. Today. Forty-five.
0: Who we got in the house, baby? We got the one, the only Mister Tommy Greer. Tommy uh, Greer.
2: Hi. How are you doing, Tommy? Really good. Good to see you. Good Welcome to see to you. I know. It's, it's been a while since uh, I've seen you. Actually.
0: Yeah, Tommy and I have, uh, we go way back. He used When's to the work the with us back in the, the day. My
1: man. What's that? Here When's the last time you saw my man? If we're getting our timeline straight here. Oh,
2: man. Well, <laughs> I about. would say maybe two years. Like, we've yeah, communicated we, Yeah, we, stuff, we like, but, speak and... But, like, the last time, <laughs> I, I think the last time I, I think we saw each other was probably when I was working at Republic.
0: About two years ago. But, well, it, well,
2: almost three now, because it's been... Almost three since I started working at the hotel.
0: Crazy. Yeah. It doesn't feel like it's been three years, though. Does it feel like to you, like you've been, the last three years have been quick or slow or just three years?
2: There's, it's been dense. Like, there's been a A lot of of stuff that's happened, just even with transitioning from Republic. Uh, into hotels. Yeah. And then meeting Sarah, my fiance, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, like
0: Congrats. giving
2: thanks, yeah. Yeah, the cutest he I has know. a he has an engagement oh, ring too. I know Have yeah, I, I not mentioned this to you? I said it wasn't fair that she got an engagement ring. This so is true. I asked oh, her to get me you... one. Okay, yes, yeah. yes, yes. yes that's so oh I like that so I got that's her great. one. And then that was in, Did she get you one? That was in August when I proposed to her of um twenty twenty and then uh, and then it, for christmas she got me this little Ooh. treasure like this little silver treasure chest <clears> and there's a note in it that said you're my greatest treasure and oh my god really <laughs> uh, and it's a local company from my hometown of calgary so wow yeah. that's a fucking thoughtful engagement ring really. right really and thoughtful. it's got it's like hammered silver and then it's got a little like vertical line of rose gold cuz her ring is rose gold
0: wow going
2: hey, to uh, so uh, actually <laughs> throw up like that's I'm, so fucking cute yeah we are pretty mushy yeah great it's great, I great. Ask how you proposed it yes um so <laughs> sorry preface. Just, like, No, it's so it's a good in love story. with like love you know um i am a massive nerd so and and like being uh sober for the almost four years now uh, mm-hmm. has really allowed me to like find my passions and, and a lot of that is to deal with like video games and reading and dungeons and dragons so right. i started to get into dungeons and dragons um almost like <clears throat> six maybe six months after i got sober and uh started a group it's going really well and then i actually met uh sarah and sarah works um she works at coast the, okay. the restaurant yeah, so yeah, yeah. she uh only works there part time now cuz she's switched uh careers during the pandemic but um so we met, and it turns out that she's actually a mega closet nerd. So she, she used to go to, like, anime cons. Right. Uh, and that's actually how we started talking, was arguing with each other about Marvel movies. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I told her that I was into Dungeons & Dragons. I'm kind of like, when when I go on dates with people, I just try and be myself. Mm-hmm. And if they like it, sweet. If they don't, then whatever. You know what I mean? But I always make sure they know, like, yes, this I'm who a huge I am. dork. Yeah, yeah, like, I don't drink. <laughs> no surprises. All of that stuff. Yeah. Um, so she was like, oh, my God, I've always wanted to try playing Dungeons & Dragons. So yeah. we started – she came into our group, and we, like, at that point, we'd probably been playing the same campaign for, like, a year and a half. Because, mm-hmm. you know, nope. ish. Okay, so <laughs> – Kind of. I haven't um, like heard of it. Right. And so I had – And I,
1: I always felt like it was just way too complicated to play. Because mm-hmm. I see people with the book, and then it's like you ask them – Dice. Like, like, the dice, and then you ask them a question, and that changes, like, how it's, the game goes, right?
2: It's kind of like – gamified improv, like, it, yeah. when you get to, the, like, yeah. a great level, so it's, like, you're all, you make a character, and uh-huh. based on, you can pick, like, a fantasy race, so elves, dwarves, um, humans, you can pick, like, bird people, or cat people, or there's oh. a, unlimited And the game
0: is, like, a, it's not a new game, it's Dungeons and Dragons, it's been around it's like, for well, a long time, right? Yeah,
2: like, since the 60s, I think? Yeah, since I remember playing it when I was, like, like yeah. growing up. Yeah, wow. so... Um, I'm getting the part where I proposed her. I'm just explaining. <laughs> so we the backstory. The backstory is, is key. Yes. So um, uh, you make a character, and then you start a campaign. So you can create an entirely fictional world on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's players, and then there's the dungeon master. I am the dungeon master. ooh DM. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, a different way of sliding I into just, the DMs. I like I I just like sort of organizing that stuff and I think there's a lot of people who want to I I found that there's a lot of people who want to do stuff but they may not have someone to organize it so I like being that guy right so I organized the group I got everybody going um, and we started a campaign we had been playing for about a year and a half at that point when you say
0: we is it people that you know or can people Mm -hmm. join that you don't know into this group
2: yeah so we uh, let's see it was Cam Cloud do you know Cam yeah yeah he works at Cold Tea now um
0: I'm like, I don't I've met him.
2: No. Oh, anyways, beauty, uh, my buddy, you know Leo. Leo Wonder Jim. Of course, of yep. course. So Leo, yeah, that Leo. That Leo, yeah. Thanks, oh, um, Leo. Yeah, my buddy Weldon, who is a barber, uh, and turns out like we were we went to elementary school together, uh, and then found out we live across the street from each other in the West End. So oh. we sort of reconnected and started playing. He invited his buddy. Uh, his name's Sam. He is a mechanic at a Porsche dealership. But and also like a dirt bike racer, wow. super gnarly dude. Yeah. Uh, but also super into D D.
1: It's like all these different people from like different walks different, of life. Yeah. And yeah. so
2: and then but they will all sit down and play these characters. So you, you <clears throat> play a character and the DM will describe a situation to you. So I okay. will be like, you know, it's a stormy night, there's rain, you approach this castle. And are you making
1: this up, or is it in like is it a scenario in the book?
2: You can make it up, or you can get books. Okay. I kind of like I buy a book, and then I use that book as sort of a basis to um, uh, to make my own stories. So, um. Yeah, and so I would describe the situation, and then you would describe as a team how you guys do those things. So if you say, if you were a rogue, rogues are like sneaky, stabby, they steal stuff, they pickpocket people. Um, You would say, you know, because I'm super sneaky and dexterous, I'm going to like run and jump and climb up the castle wall. So right. I would say you would have to make a roll for it. And you roll a d20, so it's a 20-sided die. Okay. And then depending cool. on what you get, cool die. Uh, I describe if you succeed or you fail. Right. So. If you succeed, then you climb up the wall. If you fail, then you might fall off <coughs> and take damage. And it's, do you
0: just decide if they succeed or fail based on whatever you feel like it, or is there if they hit certain numbers, it's, it means certain things?
2: Yeah, it, I mean it can be arbitrary, but usually like you know ten because it's from one to twenty, mm-hmm. right? So a ten would be an average thing, and if you're a really low level, then ten would be a normal check. Fifteen would be really difficult, and then anything above twenty means you are like. Really high level, and it, it takes a while to like. You'd have to be far along in the game to get anything above 20. So, but I uh, mean, like, rolling you it? roll.
1: Yeah. So there's a special way to roll. No, like you just 115? roll. Okay,
2: you just roll, and then so when you roll the dice, you have um, stats. So as as a uh, rogue, you would have like dexterity, <clears> which means you would add your dexterity bonus to the dice, uh, and then uh, and then I, I would tell you if it's gotcha. a success or a failure, um, and then you just problem solve as a team, and you get and you get in big fights. Um, sometimes you have to talk your way out of situations so that's when sort of the role play side comes into it mm-hmm. I as the DM have to voice all of the characters that they meet mm-hmm. so in, <laughs> so it's like me switching back and forth yeah, between, between the, characters yeah. sometimes I have conversations <laughs> with myself <in> different characters. <laughs> and it's up to you to like give them really interesting mannerisms uh, and just sort of bring people into the world and I have like soundtrack playing as we're going that's
1: very interesting yeah
2: and then there, it's sort of like it's sort of like a serialized TV show so you you come, like, it's always, we always play at my house. We don't anymore. Like, we had to take a break because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, so a
0: lot of people are, you don't do it, like, over Zoom or something. You do it in-house. In we person. made the
2: decision not to because a lot of the people aren't really into it. Uh. Um, but, yeah, so you, you come every week. We play for about three hours, and the story progresses. You level up. Um, you know, every character, when you make it, has a backstory. So I take that backstory and turn it into... Um, part of the game. So yeah. I take all the stuff that happened, like why are you an adventurer? And, and then I write a story for that, and you just have fun. Everyone oh. comes over and drinks and plays this game and has some really, like I've cried at the table. It's Jesus. crazy. Yeah, So you're
0: like the director and producer yeah. of this so world. I,
2: yeah, and I, I, I DM a game for our home like our home game that's my main campaign that i write and then i also play in one that i've been playing with people that i met at a game store in that you know in the creepy mall the international village yeah there's, yeah, there's like yeah. half the stores, were open yeah, yeah, stores yeah, are open yeah 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 you know
0: in chinatown yeah no never been really yeah. where the movie theater is I'm new to downtown you know
2: oh it's it's kind of like by crosstown what Lair. movie
0: theater there's a movie theater right there's yeah. a movie theater it's right across yeah. from you know where tnt is that you know rogers arena yeah, it's like right kitty corner yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah, like, yeah, kinda, it's, yeah, like yeah. it's fine, but By there's the just Tim like Harden's... a lot of like
2: weird, yeah. like, stuff. And it's, some of the stores are open, yeah. some of them are a lot not. Of them are closed. So yeah, so that's Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> in a nutshell. <laughs> hey, wait, um,
0: one question before you move on from that. Like, if Nolan and I wanted to hop into a game, do we have to start from the beginning, or can we come in fresh as an you, elf into you whatever could, game you're already you, in? So yeah, we're at you level, have to like just write in our characters.
2: The goal, yeah, the goal is you start at level one and you get to level twenty. Twenty is the max level you can get. Yeah. Um, is it hard so to get
3: there?
2: Yeah, it takes, like, we're at level 10 and we've been playing for about two years, so it'll probably take oh, us another wow. two years to get to level 20. Um, and then, uh, so you guys, if you guys wanted to play, you could jump in and I would just make you whatever level we're at. Oh, okay. But the interesting thing about Dungeons & Dragons is your character can die. So, and if he dies, he's actually oh, dead. Like, he, that, you, know, you can revive like him, there's then. spells to revive him, but sometimes it doesn't work or you're in a situation where you can't get to someone to revive him or you don't have the right spells. And they can die, and but, they're done.
1: But if you're make, if you're like controlling the scenario, can you not just be like, "Oh, he's back"? Yeah, but or I, do you have to, are there set a, rules
2: as a DM, as a storyteller? It's yeah. you want to make the stakes high. It is about life and uh, death, right? And so it's it is sad, and obviously you don't. I don't want any of the characters to die because everyone's right. put years of thought into this. But if they do, you have to make it memorable and special. And then obviously, you know, you come together and, you know, go out for a drink and, and toast to the, the loss of your character. Crazy. Wow. And it's really, really <clears throat> cool. intense. So there's, yeah, there's, I got into it because there was a show called Critical Role. Uh, it's this massive, they, these voice actors started streaming themselves playing Dungeons and Dragons mm-hmm. uh, just for fun. And now it is like this massive media thing. They usually have like every, they stream every Thursday and they usually have like 60,000 people watching them on stream. Jesus. They've started, wow. they just got a two-year deal with Amazon Prime for our cartoon. They have all this different types of merch. Um, they started a Kickstarter to fundraise for their animated show. Mm-hmm. And their goal was like $400,000 or something. And they got 11 million. It was Jesus. one of the highest... Kick fundraised, Kickstarter of all time. So it's there's a massive market for it because people are realizing wow. it's like a really fun way to spend time with each other. Was it over yeah. COVID? This all happened? Uh no, this was before. Okay. And so now at COVID, they all have they still <clears> film, <throat> but it's all socially distanced. Yeah. Yeah. So wow, it is really cool. So if uh, if you ever are interested in trying it out, just like or just uh, YouTube Critical Role and check it out because I had no idea what it was. I thought it was like yeah, you do something. I don't know, it's nerdy and kind of lame or whatever. Mm. But like once I actually started looking into it, it's really fun. So. That Sarah was interested in playing, so we started, and she is super passionate about it. She loves getting into the characters, mm. and like every time, were they... you guys like
1: engaged in the game too? No, <laughs> oh, no,
2: okay. I, I I would actually kind of be a little bit harder on her because, just because like I not <laughs> just give her not, a hard time. <laughs> no, well, I don't. I don't want her to feel like I'm giving her an easy right. way to like succeed on any of the roles or anything. So I want to make sure it's like fair and and you know push.
1: Do you people. ever get in, like, fights because of it? <laughs> so there are like, a lot babe, of... Babe, you're being way too hard on sort me.
2: Of, that's sort of my job as a DM is, like, you have a book of rules, and people try and push against those rules, and you're arguing about, you know, like, if you cast a spell, it has to be 30 feet, and so you have to get out, like, a, a ruler and measure the, the, the distance, and it's, yeah, you can get into some arguments. But generally, like, my table of people, <clears throat> we're all just, you know... They trust me because I know more right. about d and than they do. They've never even read the real book. So, um, so for our engagement, it's all circling back now, um, we went up to Whistler and there is tons of places to get engaged in Whistler. We even like hiked to a waterfall the day before and perfect place. But I decided to write her a, a custom uh, d d adventure. Um, yeah. So we we had a really nice day. We went for a waterfall hike and all that stuff. And then you can play with one DM and one person. Okay. Um, so she was the player. She was playing her character, and I was the DM. And I, I wrote this story about her character um, having to go <clears throat> to this temple, um, and it's called the Temple of Theoram, so it means entwined soul in Elvish, which is Aww. super <laughs> in nerdy. In Elvish? Yeah. There's, if, if you just Google, like, <laughs> Elvish translator, then you can uh, – you can get anything translated. That is so cute. So, anyways, it was about her character, and she got to this temple, and this spirit was helping her through the temple, and the spirit was uh, a spirit of our little dog named Jerry. It's a chihuahua. Okay. So she got to play in this adventure with our little dog, Yeah. <clears throat> um, and she had to go to— Did you,
1: like, voice for the spirit? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Gotcha.
2: Yeah. Um, And so she had to go to—there's three memories that she had to go. She had to go through the temple and, like— go through all the traps and everything and each, there was three orbs and uh, they were sort of getting corrupted. And when she touched the orb, it brought her into a memory from our relationship. And so there's something weird going on. So the first memory she went into was, um, it was our first date at meat in Yaletown. Aww. Um And she Begins. really- Yeah, she really <laughs> hates mushrooms. And actually on our first date, it was kind of a funny story because I ordered it not knowing that she didn't like mushrooms. Right. And we started eating the burger. And she told me that she hated mushrooms, and I just didn't say anything because she'd already eaten half the burger. <laughs> so, but in so in the memory, there's these uh, evil chefs that are like evil monsters from the game, dressed up as chefs, and they're trying to poison her with mushrooms. So her right. character had to go in and like fix the memory to be back what it was like. Um, the second memory was when she told me she loved me for the first time. I didn't even say it; she said it to me, which was so great. Um, she ran. I was. I was giving her the gears because she never posted about me on social media, and I was like, "One day, you know, you'll be screaming I love you' from the mountaintops and all that." And, and I didn't really hear from her from the rest of the night. All <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> right, like, oh, man. I always, <laughs> okay, <bro>. I always, <laughs> yeah, I always do. That we'll with, see about that. <laughs> you know, hmm. But then I was going to work. I um I work in, as an overnight manager at the the park, JW Marriott, gotcha. Vancouver. Yeah. So um I was leaving for work, and she was waiting outside, and it was like. It was 11 o'clock. It was kind of raining, and she's. I was like, "Hey, like, what are you doing here?" And she's like, "Just because I don't scream it from the mountaintops doesn't mean I'm not madly in love with you." Ah! Yeah, and then we that's kissed. Right
0: them, and it was raining
2: and shit. Literally, yeah. Oh, it was, oh easy, no. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's what I want. So that was the second memory for. That's the, so fucking cute. Did oh you say it back? Of course. Well, 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 and you were like, mm.
0: the Last episode, remember we talked about someone saying I love you, and the response was thanks for sharing. Yeah. Like, uh, that would no, be crazy.
2: I appreciate your input. Yeah, <laughs> I write in a journal every day, and yeah. I wrote in my journal, like, I love this woman. You know, yeah, like, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, that's I'm normal. Every, yeah, because I do. <clears> and I, but I was like, hold off. You yeah, know, yeah. I, I don't want to rush this. Cool. Al- I always do. I'm always the guy who is like, text you immediately after we finish a date or like tell you I really, really like you. And it just, you know. With Sarah, it's great because so she's mean, the same man. way. So in the second memory, uh, she was on her way to tell me she loved me, and she actually got attacked by dragons. So in the game, her character had to see the imaginary Sarah and fight off the dragons so Sarah could tell me that she loved me. Right. And then in the third memory, she walked in, and uh, her character walked into our, uh, our room in Whistler. And so she, her character, like her character yeah. was in the room where we were sitting and she saw us uh, playing Dungeons and Dragons. And I asked her how she was feeling. And so I got her to roll an insight check mm-hmm. and she told me how she was feeling. And then I asked her to roll an insight check on me. And then I got down on one knee and I proposed to her. Yeah. Oh my god! Oh, and I and I played, you know, I, oh, you haven't seen the wedding singer, but you know the wedding singer. Of course, I know the wedding singer. I love how
1: you already knew that. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. well, you I I gotta, this yeah. one time. I was like, yeah, I have. That's one of
2: my favorite <laughs> movies. Have you seen the wedding singer? No, no he okay. doesn't know
0: what Adam Sandler is. So you know, I, I love I, Adam Sandler. Should watch the show. You should. It's a
2: really sweet movie. It's a so, show. So it's you know, a when a he's movie. on the airplane and he plays, I want to. Yeah, go yeah, of course. So I found an acoustic version of that, and that's I proposed to her.
0: Wow, this guy—he's making us all look bad. having a major crush on you right now. Me too. Feelings mutual. It's Dungeons and Dragons. You know that? I remember back in the day there was a YouTube clip that was like, uh, I think it was Dungeons and Dragons. Their group is all talking and you see like elves jumping around. They're all kind of making their plan before they storm this castle. Mm -hmm. And then the guy goes, Leroy Jenkins. That's World of Warcraft. Okay. But is it similar kind of? So
2: it's basically like Dungeons and Dragons is essentially World of Warcraft, but with no interface. It's all like pencils and paper, okay. and then you can actually, like, you you can either do it all in, it's called Theater of the Mind, so yeah. you can do it all in your imagination, or you can make maps. So, like, mm. I draw, or I used to hand draw up all the maps that I made, Yeah. Uh, and then you have little miniature figures, so you can, like, get 3D-printed figures of your character, and you fight with them on a map.
0: So, so can anyone do what Leroy Jenkins did in, in Dungeons, Dungeons & mm-hmm. and Dragons, and, like, fuck up the whole
2: yeah plan. the uh the porsche the guy who the porsche mechanic yeah he gets really frustrated when people are taking too long so sometimes he'll just go in and start
1: <laughs> what do you mean people taking too long like to make their so
2: decisions? yeah because like everyone likes playing differently like some people like being like oh let's not kill them let's talk it out and right. some people being like oh let's sneak in and make a really complicated plan leo is a very big planner
3: oh yeah uh, yeah he li-
2: and he likes to like push and try and like make me have a hard time which is good uh, but Sam <clears> just gets so bored. Uh, and usually everyone's drinking at my house. So he just gets bored and, and takes his character in and starts killing people. So, yeah. Yes, you can. <laughs> <Yeah>. You can't <laughs> leave Yeah. Um About the
0: engagement. Now, I have a, I have a question for both of you, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, what? So, obviously, you're, you know, usually the engagements, it's typically the man gets down on a knee, gives an engagement ring. Then you get married at whatever time. They get a wedding band. Then that's when the man gets his ring. Yeah. Correct? Yep. Like, I love what Sarah did for you. So big With, shout out to Sarah, oh, fucking yeah. cute. Like for yeah. like, cause I don't why 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 do you guys think that's not more of a common thing? Like you know, like I think it's just it's the a way cultural, that, that's I, the I way it's been cultural, forever. Yeah. it's just been the way like <clears> the tradition. guy gives it for the
1: girl, and the girl, you know, is his little princess, and she doesn't, she's not supposed to give him something, you know? But,
0: yeah, yeah. Is, I, I mean, I I I kind of get that, I understand that, but I mean, 2021, things are shifting so so quickly, are changing. Like, like so when people see that, do they what how wh- what has the reaction been? Has it been like ours, like, Oh my god, that's so awesome? Or has it been like, Oh, that's kinda weird. That's a little bit of uh, green.
2: No, definitely supportive. I mean, it's yeah, they're like, Oh, are you I didn't know you were married. I was like, oh, actually <laughs> I they're engaged. talking <laughs> shit after? Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe he got an I'm saying I, I, <laughs> and, I, and then I just sort of explained. I was like, you know, I asked I didn't think it was fair that Sarah was the only one in our relationship who could show off yeah. how much they love each other. Totally, so, you completely. know what I mean. And I was like, I was like, hell yeah, I'm engaged. Like, I want to show people like I did the thing and I'm yeah. ready. To, like, I'm ready to get married. So, completely, you're a trend uh,
0: starter, man. Hopefully, I want this to stick. It back.
2: Yeah, it's and and like I don't know if I'll get another one. Like we've looked at it. Oh, yeah. Um Do
0: you think <laughs> it just be too bulky?
2: Well, I might get it on a different finger. I might move this mm. to a different finger and yeah. get it resized. Um, and then put
0: a wedding band on when, well, you, like when you get married. Well, I, I, like to- that.
2: I told her the, the wedding ring I want is actually a, a replica of the one ring from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> the Gollum one? Like the, like the, the yellow yeah, one? <laughs> yeah, the literal <laughs> ring. Are you going to do a whole scene? <laughs> <laughs> her dress up uh, is
1: gone? Yeah, you know, i
0: have a little golem bring it. <laughs> uh, is it Dobie
1: from that? Well, Ooh.
0: Dobie? Dobie, like Dobie. the seven dwarfs?
1: Dobie, like the guy with the ears no that's Harry Potter oh okay Dobby Dobby Dobby. (laughs) my bad Dobby mind my Elvish
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah so I I know it's super nerdy but you can literally get like a a replica of the ring and you can get uh, whatever you want inscribed on the ring uh, in Elvish
1: it gives me just so much (laughs) just hearing your story just uh, (laughs) brings me
0: back love is out out there hope that was, yeah, he, he, Nolan's so young. I'm he's, so jaded. He's jaded and young, but he has so much time and experience to go through. And I just feel yet. like
2: yeah,
1: you kept doing who like stuff that you love to do and it just naturally came. I, I
2: had a terrible time with dating and relationships, especially mm-hmm. when I was um Sober, like, you know, over the before I met Sarah. Right. Um, I don't think I slept with someone for like six or seven months. Like, it was a long time. And of she like, me the same question, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like of r- really like bad, you know, talking to someone and thinking I was going to go on a date. And then I would show up and they would not even show up. And <sighs> then they would block me on all their social media oh accounts. Oh my God. Uh, it's why you were sober. This, yeah, because it's so hard to date people. Or I, I think, I and I also think it's because of, like, I worked in the nightclub industry for mm-hmm. so long. My, and my My circle of people that I, right. would, you know, know and be able to approach and, and, and get to know and ask to go out on, on dates are all from the nightlife industry mm-hmm. or the bar industry. Mm-hmm. And I you know, drinking sort of goes hand in hand with any sort of social interaction, let alone the first date when you're getting to know someone, like you get drunk together. That's what you do You because it's like the lubricant for conversations. Yeah, exactly. You feel less awkward. There's less inhibitions and and all that stuff. So to do that as, you know, I think uh, for a person who's trying to go on a date with me, um, they, you know, they might feel weird because they're like, well, I don't know if I should drink because I don't want him to feel bad about it. And I was like, well, I don't, you know, I don't care. I'm super comfortable with people drinking. Like I, at that, at that time when I was trying to date, I was like, I was literally working at a nightclub, getting people drunk six nights a week. Yeah. So it didn't really matter for me, but I think it was just hard. Yeah. Um. And so that's why I just struggled a lot with, with dating until I met Sarah and she is, just, you know, and you say like, you find your person, like mm-hmm. she's, I, I can just literally, person. and I didn't know what that was like. I had no concept of what that felt like because you just, you just don't until you do. Exactly. You know, and, oh, and. Yeah, and, and but we're super, you know, and and I but I love that. I love being cheesy and lame with her and like we literally for the first year of our relationship, we celebrated our month anniversary with like some super lame date and we dressed up and I got her like every single month and we I still have like in my my nightstand drawer is like basically 50% cards wow. just of stuff from her. Is husband. Sarah sober as well? Um So when we met, uh, she was actually doing a month-long sobriety challenge with Mm -hmm. one of her friends from Coast. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was a perfect time to meet me because she was like, oh, this is great. Like, I'm not drinking. Um, But she was definitely used to be like a party girl, kind of like me. And we we keep saying, like, I'm surprised that we never met each other in social circles because um, it's – yeah we just we were both always out, out and about yeah, yeah. and I'm, yeah. I'm surprised <clears throat> and I'm glad we didn't meet each other because you know wrong um, time if we well yeah if we would have like hooked up or something and then well, who knows we never would have taken off but right. um, yeah uh, she so she didn't drink for a while and I think for the first like nine months of us dating she didn't drink at all uh, but now she drinks like she she hasn't been drunk since the entire time we've been dating mm-hmm. but like she still works uh a couple shifts a week at coast and so if it's a really crazy night she'll have like a glass of wine or something yeah. which is totally fine like again i have no problem with that when my D group was going uh, i always have you know liquor and beer and all that stuff in my fridge so it right. doesn't, doesn't bother me in the slightest if, if you're a good host of course yeah and like i think it's important as a and it de- again, it depends on your level of comfortability. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But and I wouldn't, I wouldn't say what works for me works for everybody else because some, you know, some people uh, it, when they're sober they may like they may not want to have be around alcohol at all. Even mm-hmm. the smell of it totally. might trigger them and make them want to drink or anything. But for me, I've I really. Want to be comfortable around it, so you know there we've
1: you want to not have that power or let it have that. Yeah, power. Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah, and so every now and then I'll just like smell booze and be like, oh, like you know, <laughs> and I kind of get I kind of get that feeling, of being like, oh, that smells disgusting, but like also, you know, <laughs> what's <laughs> you up? Like, Starts watering it really good. <laughs> yeah, but I know I've never had the desire to just go back and drink. So it's it's a good it's a good dynamic, and I know Sarah really respects my sobriety and knows mm-hmm. like it's basically like one of the big reasons why we're together is because we never like we met for the first time, um, I started a uh, a volunteer group for hospitality workers called the the Hospitality Heroes. Um, and great, great group, wow. yeah. great initiative. Yeah, so we, uh, again, I was talking about, you know, that sort of with Dungeons and Dragons, there's that like, people don't have someone to organize stuff, mm-hmm. and so for me, I, I volunteered once at the food bank, and I was like, this is really fun, it's really easy, and it's a good thing to do, and so I started the Hospitality Heroes, so once a month, I would get a group of people from hotels, nightlife, restaurants and all that and we would go and volunteer at the food bank and uh, just all of the food donations that come in um, we would sort uh, and then get ready to go out to all their um, distribution centers and so that's how me and Sarah met and so I just I think I think the point I was trying to make is just like it's yeah sobriety for us has been a very wholesome important part of our relationship because if I wasn't sober I probably wouldn't have started a volunteer group if I if I wasn't sober I wouldn't have talked to her went out on that first sober date Uh so it's been like a big of our relationship.
0: So. Amazing. You've been sober now for
2: four years, you said? It's here, I have an app, actually.
0: Oh, you're going to oh. have an exact day?
2: I can tell you down to the second.
0: Oh, uh, wow. This is uh, fucking uh, high-tech uh, shit. Uh, download it's it's that. called
2: I Am Sober, if you guys are interested.
0: feels like in March is your starting date. I
2: have been, al- yeah, close, April. I have been alcohol-free <laughs> for three years, 10 months, 24 days, 12 hours, 38 minutes, and oh, 39 minutes now. It's going crazy, <laughs>
0: almost four years then. Yeah,
2: yeah, four, four years, years on April
0: nineteenth. So, can we talk about like what brought you to that point? Like, why? Mm-hmm. What kind of was a catalyst? Was there a catalyst? Was it just like you were just well, let's turn the chapter on just this? See it's it a change. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, I mean, Aki, you know that I was a disaster when I drank. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I got it. but so <laughs> how so? Well, so I was, you know, I, I, I again, yeah. I, we, I don't think we had, yeah. Totally. So not. I actually um start I moved to Vancouver to become a video game designer okay. and I went to school for video game design I did not I have, know that uh, yeah I have it I have a I don't know if it's like a bachelor's or I, anyway I went in a two-year program sure. for game art and design mm-hmm. uh got a job at a um a video game company and it's just like a, a sort of a startup and we made uh Facebook games and then gamified <laughs> websites um are you Farmville? <laughs> uh no, no, but we made a, a Farm a Farmville clone called Heartland Ranch based oh on the gosh. CBC show for Heartland Ranch, so yeah. I helped design the quests for that. Um but I was real I was in like my early 20s then. I was like 22 or 23 and I was in a band mm-hmm. too and so our band sort of started to um take off and we actually got a production deal in LA to record Ooh. a couple albums with wow. yeah, with a producer his name was Mike Plotnikoff, and um he uh, so he he had worked with like Aerosmith and Kiss and like big names, um, and he th- through us playing shows and stuff, uh, he um, wanted to fly us down and start recording these albums. Mm-hmm. Um, and so and like obviously me like mild mannered video game designer wearing like a collared shirt and sitting at a desk for eight hours a day and then like flying down to LA and playing I mean, and being like, a rock star recording in like next to Nikki Six from Motley Crue's studio and like I met Steven Tyler wow and, yeah and so I was like li- sort of living a double life and I was, I was like man I hate it wasn't the job; it was a good job, but I hated the lifestyle because right. I was like so. Pa- I thought we were going to make it. Yeah. Um, so, so you're
0: more about the band life then.
2: Yeah, and, but <laughs> so then I I was like, oh, well, I kind of want to get a part time job, to do something else, and so that's when I started applying at um, bars um, all down Granville Street, and I ended up at the warehouse, and um, they said I think uh, his name was Dallas. He was the GM. He's a great GM, and he was like, oh, he'll be back. Yeah. But sit and have a beer while you wait for him. And like, I never ended up applying because I had so much fun there uh, that I just started drinking. And that was my first like, you know, I had drank before in Calgary and like when I was, you know, all the way from, I think, 15 or 16. uh, But I never felt like I was like, you know, when you go to a bar and you feel like one of the cool kids, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like the bartender knows your name. They know what you want. Uh, you sit down and that's that's what bartending is all about is about making people feel important and cool and like a, a place to come and, and socialize. And, yeah. and but I had never felt that before. And I was like, wow, that's really kind of powerful. You know what I mean? Um, and so I started drinking there all the time and having so much fun. And I would bring all the people from our shows there afterwards. Um, and that's how I got into bartending. They I was there so much. They're like, we'll literally teach you how to bartend one night a week uh, if you want and so I started bartending on Sunday days, uh, and then eventually it was like I would do one shift there, and then I was doing like Saturdays and Sundays, and then I was like, "Eh, I'm gonna do three shifts, so I told my game design job, I was like, I'm only coming in four days a week, and I'm gonna Mm -hmm. bartend the other three days, and then eventually it was just like, okay, this is so much fun, I'm making so much more money, like that's how I'm gonna do it. But that's kinda how I got into drinking. uh, And that life. Yeah, because A, like, I was providing those <clears throat> moments for people. And for me, it was like, you know, I was super... Uh, for me, it wasn't so much about uh, the money. Like, yes, the money was amazing. But um, it was it was more about, like, the, the, impact. the memories and the, and the positivity and, like, the friendship and, like, all of that stuff. Again, you know, me and Sarah are super mushy, but I'm a mushy guy. Like, right. I, I really believe in, like, emotions and sharing that connection. Um, and so it was so fun. Like, I was like, well, this is the job for me. And it works right. perfect because I can... Prom- and all that stuff, um, but it uh, obviously I think I kind of took my drinking to the next level at that point, and then working my way through the warehouse, I actually got fired from the Granville warehouse
0: for drinking or uh,
2: no. So I had, uh, they I was working at the Granville warehouse, then they opened the Hastings warehouse, so I was yeah. between both, and then I actually was working also at uh, Brooklyn. It used to be called Alexander. Okay. So before Alexander, it was called Brooklyn. And, uh, so I was in Gaston. Working, yeah, and yep. I was working at Granville and Hastings and Brooklyn, but I would work Saturday nights at Brooklyn and then try and work my Sunday day shifts at <laughs> Granville and I could never get up. And right. so I, I know Jeff, Jeff Lockwood, the the GM there, he didn't want to fire me because, you know, I was bringing in a good crowd, yep. good people, having mm-hmm. tons of fun. Um, but eventually it got to the point where I was like, I woke up at 5 PM one day and he was like, yeah, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, that's, uh, understandable uh, understandable yeah he gave me enough chances so then that's when I really dived into doing nightclubs um and so I was working at Hastings Warehouse in Brooklyn but then I was like I really really want to work at um oh no so uh, at Hastings Warehouse and Brooklyn and then um, someone actually got stabbed at Brooklyn like a bunch of people got stabbed and I was actually off that night with food poisoning um and the
1: staff got stabbed
2: uh, it was staff and guests. Wow. So there was some guy on the dance floor, and he actually pulled off someone's turban, and, which is like
1: S- so fucked up, so, so inappropriate yeah, and yeah, wrong, yeah. and
2: just like everything. So that guy pulled out a knife and started like going to town. But then right. he and so like I think he stabbed the guy, and then he also the, when the bouncers were trying to get him, he stabbed some of them. So it was a big mess. And that was sort of when Brooklyn, yeah. was like you can't recover from that. Yeah, it's pretty like tough. A ton. Yeah, that's really hard. So uh, that uh, <clears throat> after that, I was like, okay, well, I still want to really work in nightclubs, and I messaged Jeff Donnelly. I just emailed him. No way, cold call. Yeah, it wasn't <laughs> even a cold call. I said, I'm ready to start working at Republic. Let me know. When Did I you know start. Jeff at all? Uh, so we drank together at the Granville Room.
0: Let okay, so you knew who you were. Yeah, we were okay. definitely like drinking <laughs> buddies. Like, hey, I'm available now.
2: Yeah, <laughs> uh, literally, I still have the email <laughs> saved on my phone. Um, and I'll uh, see if I can find it. Actually, that's amazing. Um, I was very confident. <laughs> you're
0: gonna hire me tomorrow. Uh, Let's see. I'm gonna take all uh, the best shifts. I'm gonna be the fucking personality of Republic for five years. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and you're welcome. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I said so this the email the email subject was it's time. Oh god. Uh, hey pal, so the time has finally come for me to start my epic saga of working for you. If you'll have me, that is. (laughs) I'm looking for something at one of your clubs, Republic, hopefully, or Barnon or something. Just a few ships to start out, see if it's a good fit. I know I would kill it and would love to help you guys continue to be one of the best industry companies in Vancouver. Onwards and upwards, let me know. I can start whenever you need. Truly appreciate you taking the time to read this either way. And then he messaged me back and he was like, yep. Fuck. Let's do it. Let's do it,
0: All right, so, Guys out there, just for inspiration. If you want something, go for it. Just oh, say, it, "Oh, you never know." What's oh, the, the worst
2: thing you could say? Is no. Oh, no, exactly. I mean, whatever. You like, miss all the shots. You don't. Still going to be my drinking buddy. There so, you go. <laughs> um, but that's when my drinking really started to like take off because I was working at Republic six nights a week and literally probably blacking out every night. Damn. Um, and it was just like, I I feel like a lot. Most people they can like drink and have fun, and like even if they don't. Uh, maybe remember most of the night, like, they can carry themselves in a way that is normal, you know yeah. what I mean? You can, And you go home, and it's okay, but for me, it was like, I was the guy who passed out everywhere. Like, I would fall asleep at bars, I would fall asleep in bathrooms, I would fall asleep, like, I literally, in Calgary, I fell, I passed out, like, next to a garbage bin right. outside, and the cops had to take me home when I was a kid, and, like, it was just, I was, like, kind of embarrassing. Mm-hmm. And, right. um, but I was so... I really, like, tied that – it was hard to see because, like, when you drink, you're like, well, this is so much fun. Like, mm-hmm. who really cares what the consequences are of right. that? And, and so whatever. Like, you know what I mean? If you spend too much money or you lose a credit card or you lose a cell phone, you're like, Meh, well, whatever. But, like, the night was worth it, so whatever. Yeah, totally. And and that's – and I would say that's pretty normal. But for me, it was like I was literally, like, blacking out and not remembering what I was supposed to be doing. And it was affecting, like, my jobs and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and at Republic, like, it was – it was <clears> – <throat> different because i mean part like i was so tied into republic's culture of mm-hmm. doing that and i think overall i did a good job but yeah, you're great i
0: mean you're very functioning i i never really knew there was an issue to be honest with you like you are a manager at one point
2: mm-hmm. yeah i like, was agm by the yeah, end of it like
0: you were doing great so it never really affected well from what i can see yeah in, in a major way
2: Totally. And, and, you know, I think, and I think Troy saw it a bit more because like, and he was sort of in the same position that Jeff Lockwood was where it was like, I think you're a great bartender and I think you're a great guy, but you're kind of a disaster. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like there was a night when I literally passed out standing up behind the bar (laughs) Wow. and like people were like throwing stuff at me. And like, obviously that's a massive security risk because we have thousands of dollars of cash behind the bar and my tips and my phones and all of that stuff. So, um, yeah, I, I think the turning point, um, but it was it would sort of be like a cycle. I would like I would get super drunk and go on a massive bender, and then I would be super duper hungover, and I'd be like, I never want to drink again, and I I never want to do that. It would, it's a cycle of life, right? Mm-hmm. Like every you know you drink and up then you and say down, I'm up, and... I'm never drinking again, yeah. and then you you know you go into it again, and and that's what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say I started to realize at the the first. Instance of when I knew something was wrong is we did um, we did a, chair, a fundraiser called the Underwear Affair uh, at the warehouse, at the Granville warehouse. So this right. is going back a little bit, but this was the first time when I was like, mm, maybe I kind of have an issue. It didn't stop me from doing anything for a long time. You just
1: acknowledged it.
2: Yes. Um, and so uh, it was this fundraiser. I organized, we were doing a, a bachelor auction. So I organized, I, I talked to a bunch of different places and I created all these dates for all of the warehouse bartenders to go on. Um, Whether it was to like, I made a date to the number five, I made a date to Science World, like movie tickets, all these really cool things. Got a bunch of different like Vancouver companies to help sponsor it. It was really awesome. Um, And I was supposed to be auctioned as well. I blacked out before we even did the auction thing and I naturally made a complete ass myself um, at the auction. So I think someone bought me out of like pity because I was the first person (laughs) and like there was one bid and that was it. But I, yeah, it was just... So anyways, but I don't remember that. And I was willing to look over that because I was like, whatever, like we did good and we raised a ton of money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then after the run, um, we were all going back to the warehouse and everyone uh, at the warehouse it used to be our thing to make like custom shirts at uh, Cherry Bomb or the, the Rocket. Mm-hmm. It's called the custom T-shirt place on Granville. Right. Um And so they had all made shirts that said, let's get you Tommy wasted. And there was a (laughs) picture of me Uh, like passed out on Granville street on the ground. Oh my God. Just like looking like a disaster. And everyone was like, ah, like like a thing. And like, that's how normalized it was that I would just pass out wherever. And like, that's not, that's not good. Like for someone to like pass out and rather than being like, uh, like, you
0: need help? <laughs> yeah, you need help.
2: It's like normalized and I'm okay. And like I always was okay. And so I obviously I don't blame them for thinking that way because yeah, I right. always was okay. But it's like- It was just a one drop that, night. That's, you know? when, that's when it hit me. I was like, this is how people see me. Yeah, Like I am an embar Like, you know, people appreciate me and you know they like me for who I am when I'm not like that. But mm-hmm. like I'm an embarrassment kind of. Um, but, and, and so I, I like we were supposed to party that night and I went home and I was like, I'm just going to like go home because I felt really crappy. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if my face is on a t-shirt. Right? And it was not out of hate. It was not out of, like, making fun. It was just... You know the
1: intention wasn't bad, but just, like... But
2: that made me realize that their their intention wasn't... Like, if that was anyone else, that would seem harmful. But they Mm -hmm. thought it was okay because I always was like that. Right. Like, Tommy Drunk was a thing. That's just Tommy. Yeah, that's just Tommy. That's just just Tommy. Yeah, and that's I was like, I don't want to be just Mm -hmm. Tommy. Like, I want to be... Something more than that, but yeah. that obviously didn't affect me for a while because then I got even further into nightclubs and, yeah. and doing all that stuff. And right. um, so, I would say the wor- like the wor- the the rock bottom for me um, was I was we I had a huge bender. Like we, you know, typical night I worked, and then we stayed up all night drinking, got midnight liquor delivery or whatever, like forty mm-hmm. of Smirnoff, and <laughs> we woke up again, and I think it was like seven. 7 in the morning, 7 or 8 in the morning. And we had like passed out and then woke up. And we were sitting outside, we were sitting in the parking lot of the Back Forty which is the the Back 40 is there, it's right across from BC Place. Do you know where Back 40 is? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like this sort of just like a sports pub. Do you know where the Boston Pizza yeah, is? Robson? Yeah, right? So yeah, it's yeah, right, yeah. it's that sort of dingy little place. It's, I don't even think it's open anymore. But it, I was sitting in that parking lot, and we were waiting for it to open because the liquor delivery was closed, like the mid late night liquor delivery was mm-hmm. closed. We had no more booze, and we were sitting there waiting for it to open. And it just kind of like hit me. I was like, this is really wrong. Right. Like, I don't. want Want to do do this this. yeah I was like I you know I'm gonna get drunk today but I was like I just need to make a change yeah yeah and um, did you ever
1: have moments before that where you were like okay maybe there's a problem here but you kept ignoring it tons
2: yeah I uh I tried so many times to get sober I downloaded this this app thing so many times and you have the option to reset it and so I would get you know a week or two weeks in and then have to reset it and I kept trying and trying and trying and I just couldn't couldn't get it but after that it was sort of like a light switch had had gone off and I was like, oh, I, I really, really, really don't want to drink anymore. Um and again, I like I knew then that I was going to make a change, but I struggled to make that change because mm-hmm. alcohol is addictive and it's it's like again And it's um, fun. Yeah. <clears throat> and 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 like I do wanna say that I don't I am not anti alcohol at all. Like yeah. I don't think you know if you can live a productive life and and live the life you want to live and, and, and drink and enjoy alcohol like that's awesome i mm-hmm. wish i could do that but it's for me it's just not i'm i'm not, that. Like, You're not that guy. no and i and i can't but that's that's my life and everyone should live their own the best way they can and be the totally. best person you can be um and so that that was sort of when i really wanted to change the last time i ever drank uh was uh, remember when we went on that manager's trip to Oh, I to remember Vegas? that trip very well, yeah. my friend. So they took us on a manager's Vegas? trip to Vegas for the International Nightclub Convention.
0: I had a great time. Oh. It was amazing. So I think we changed a lot of lives that weekend, if I'm being honest. <laughs> it was wild. Like, I'm not sure if, it, if that was the weekend that things kind of changed for you, but I remember one of our other managers, <clears throat> Johnny, at Hello Goodbye, we're all playing hack hacky sack we were th- kicking around like a yeah. piece of paper or yeah something. and then he he literally tetrised his ankle his ankle was like at a right ankle to oh. his in the
2: lobby while we were waiting for a limo to pick us up yeah it was crazy were
0: um, we I mean, were was, just getting started yeah, it was like the right. start yeah. of the yeah, yeah. how do and you how do you do that to your he ankle? like jumped and tried to do like an ollie or something and landed funny and tore, broke his right ankle back oh my gosh but that started you know Mickey Valens' career and then Johnny then moved on to do uh, Sousa Mare right. or whatever however you pronounce yeah. it um, and both of those guys are now doing quite well in that industry. Sir, Miss Sir? Ms. Sir, yeah. What yeah. I say? Yeah. Sir, Sir, Mayor? Sir, <laughs> yeah. You knew what I meant.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, well, on that, that, um, that night as well, uh, so that trip, like, I had actually been approached by the warehouse at that time, and they wanted to get me to invest uh, in I remember
0: one that. In of that. their
2: restaurants, and I felt so guilty going on this trip with you guys knowing that I was going to potentially like leave afterwards and, and go work at the warehouse again. So I told Troy and Troy was like, you know what, come anyways, like yeah. this is about wh- where we've come from and how well we're doing, so right. like come anyways. And I, I didn't take the warehouse gig anyways, I stayed with you guys. Um, so, but after that trip, I was like, I'm done. Like I was like puking up blood on the way to the, the <gasps> airport. And me, I think me and Paul Stoyland, we had to share a cab ride back to our houses and there was such bad traffic. And I was just like, I felt awful. And again, like six day hangover. I <laughs> was I was supposed to go, I was supposed to go on my buddy's bachelor trip in a couple of weeks. And I called my best friend in Calgary and I was like, I'm, I'm not going like, I don't want to feel like this anymore. And yeah. he Flipped out, um, and I was walk. So <laughs> when I was on this phone call, I was walking my dogs. I used to have three little Chihuahuas. I only have one now, mm-hmm. um, unfortunately. But uh, I was walking them in the parking lot because they're terrified of rain. Um, and I was not paying attention because I was in an argument on the phone with my friend Trevor, and uh, they peed on one of the pillars. And so then my landlord found out that I had three dogs. Uh, and that sort of started me to moving into a new apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... The in Vegas the last that was like the last time I was like done. I drank one more time after that, and that was with uh, Troy and I can't remember his name. He was one of our regulars, and he always bought Louis. Oh yeah, yeah, talking about yeah. And so he would buy like ten shots of Louis or twenty shots of Louis, and that night he bought half a bottle. And he was like, "I'll only buy it if you and uh, you guys stay with me after and drink like after hours." And (sighs) so I was like, "Look, Troy," I was like, "I mean, money's money," and but he liked to drink it. With Diet Coke. Like <laughs> out of a wine glass mixed with Diet Coke. So like a highball of what? Louis. Yeah. So that was Ooh, the- Who l- the fuck? That Do was I know l-
0: this person? I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure if he's still he's around. around. No, still I don't
2: I, I don't know. I haven't. I mean, I haven't been oh, in the industry. I think he's still around. So anyways, that like, spent so much money. And so that was like, I went on one final bender, and then that was it. But
0: That's a good way to end it. Like, Louis Trey's like, yeah, like not a bad not? flavor yeah. to end uh, your palate with. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And then, so I had to move apartments. And so that was sort of like the beginning of my sobriety. I had a trip, uh, a trip booked to Mexico. Uh, for that year that I had planned on going with my girlfriend, but I actually broke up with her at the start of that year when I decided to be sober because of drinking habits. Uh Um, It was just, I got her into the bartending industry and serving and Uh she went off the deep end. Um, I think she's doing, yeah, hope she's doing well. Um, So I had to move. I was planning on going on this trip to Mexico. I had to move apartments literally, like the last day I was in my apartment was the day I was leaving to Mexico. So, you know Simeon? Of course. He moved my apartments for me (laughs) while I was in Mexico. Like, such a guy. Best buddy, amazing. Um, and so then, when I got back, uh, I was two weeks sober because I spent two weeks in Mexico by myself. Just like, oh yeah, working, I do remember that. Yeah, working out and reading books and uh, and and just like eating good food and like going through withdrawals and all that stuff. But I just did it on my own and, yeah. and did all that. And then I came back. I had a new apartment. It was like a beautiful two bedroom in Complete, the west end, like new chapter exactly. Like and then the first thing I did is I went and I um I signed up to work out. Uh, I signed up at Steve Nash. Yeah, and I got a personal Trainer and I just started.
0: And now st- you're the fucking poster boy. You drive down <laughs> House Street. His fucking face is poster yeah, against oh the fucking god. god. Famous. 20, your 2018 um, uh, transformation of the year or something. Yeah, like
2: that? I won the like, su- success story. Yeah, that's thing. it. What? Good well, for you.
0: So, how how big was your transformation?
2: Um, so I used to be when I when I was working at Republic. Like I'm I'm I, I'm like I think I'm just six feet. I don't know. I haven't measured myself in years, yeah. but I'm around six feet tall. Um, and I think I was like 150 pounds, like, uh, yeah, 150 around this, which is for, for six feet. That's pretty small. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I got up to, now I'm like 186. Nice. So, oh. but I, but, but in those first six months of like when I won the transformation thing, I think I got up to like 170 or 175. Yeah, he was went. like ripped. And like his
0: sk- biggest thing I noticed for Tommy, was his skin, like mm-hmm. he was like kind of like pale, ghosty when he was working for us. And then, right. Now right. he's like he has like the color in his face is back. You know what I mean? He's like looked been like, alive again. Yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. I'll it's, see if
2: I have a, a picture a before and after. Yeah, so that was
0: uh, yeah. Oh wow! So that
2: was obviously me when I was blackout wasted, but like, yeah, you yeah. can see the skin way like, different. Just, yeah. and you
0: just seem like you're more life to you. Just you know? glowing, like your eyes. Yeah, yeah, glowing for yeah. sure, hundred percent. Did you so when you went on this sobriety journey that you're still on? Hmm. Did you just do it by yourself. Did you have help? Like, how did you kind of like get into the rhythm? Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: I. Um, it was. I know there's so many different ways to mm-hmm. be sober, and there's so many resources and um, support systems. Uh, but I just did it on my own. Good like, for you. Yeah, amazing. I, cold turkey, and I cut. no setbacks. Obviously, you know, I was I, I cut out uh, like for me, I, I don't think I ever had as much of an issue with drugs as I did with drinking. Like Mm -hmm. it was definitely drinking that was by far the worst, but I think as a lot of people know, they kind of go hand in hand. Um, and so I cut out both of those in my life, like cold Turkey, um, and just, just did it. Like, and it was, again, it was kind of like a light switch went off in my head and I was just like, I don't want this anymore. Like it's terrible. Was
1: it hard going cold Turkey?
2: Mm, again i th- I think it was such a benefit for me to um on that trip to, to be in Mexico right. by myself and just in such a and state of like r- true reflection yeah. yeah and and just such positivity and I had so much hope that I was going to like do it this time yeah and I was like I'm gonna have a new apartment like that's when I was starting Dungeons and dragons I was like writing my first adventure um and I was just like there's so you know For me, it was like the best advice that I always give to people who are looking to either cut back drinking or stop entirely is like fill your life with stuff that you love to do uh, that you can't do when you're drunk or sober. And so for me, a lot of that was like working out. Um, And so I just had so many things that I like to do and lean on. And I saw how much like better my life was. You know what I mean? And, and, And again, for everybody has their own path. And I know uh for a lot of people drinking is like a, po- a real positive in their life and they yeah. that's how like that's how they do their business and that's how they go out and socialize but for me it was like <clears throat> detriment. it wasn't social for me at all like uh-huh. i didn't drink when i wasn't at work like for me i was working six nights a week i drank at work and then yeah. i drank like i i would drink by myself like that that boston pizza like i would go to the boston pizza by myself and sit and order one beer and then do like 10 shots of vodka Yeesh. Oh my gosh. and like not talk to anybody because right. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I wanted to get like super drunk and then go home and like pass out in my chair and, and drink more.
0: Do you think, would you consider yourself someone who has an addictive personality or mm-hmm. like has it replaced, like has fitness in a way replaced drinking in terms of, um, cause you kind of said you want to fill your life with things that you really love that you can't do when you're drinking. Uh,
2: I would, yeah, I mean, I would say I have an addictive personality. I think, um, but
0: but now you're just addicted to other stuff that make you yeah, feel yeah. good.
2: Like I, I mean, I still like I. I actually hadn't drinking coffee ever until the second time I went to Mexico. Um, again, I was supposed to go with a girl, a, another ex girlfriend, and she <laughs> Johnny, yeah, So fuck. I won. I won the success story, yeah. and the the one of the prizes was a five thousand uh, dollar trip to wherever oh. you wanted. And so wow. I booked this romantic $5,000 vacation to Tulum. And at the last second, the girl I was with at the time bailed.
0: Fucking jerk.
2: Right? And Well, she said, <laughs> "I Fuck. yeah, I don't know. Anyways, so she couldn't come. Um, and so I went by myself to like the romantic adults only Tulum. Like every <laughs> oh, night, I, every night a guy would like knock on my door and come in with like a bottle of champagne and like chocolate dipped strawberries. was like, oh, I was like, I don't want it. Was, like, <laughs> what am I supposed to do with it? I was like, I don't know, man. I don't have know. Have some. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, where was I going with this story? What, what was your question?
0: Um, if you think you have an addictive personality. Yeah. And but... so
2: that was the first time I tried coffee.
0: Um, first uh, time
2: you tried coffee? Yeah. Wow. Or since? Or just ever? That, ever. So really? That, that was in 2017, I think. That's
0: interesting. I thought someone who like would be hungover a lot would have He's coffee as coffee, like a- yeah. uh, Red Bull. I oh, definitely love Red, Bull, Red uh, Bull. But
2: I was like, there was an espresso machine in the thing and I was like, I'm gonna this try is this. Really good, and so I was just like walking around every day, working out, and drinking espresso. And so I would say that is my addiction now. Yeah. Is is definitely coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, but better like I drink black coffee. I don't have a lot of cream or sugar in it or anything. So it's way you know, better for you, hundred percent. Like if you're gonna drink a ton of coffee like I do, then you gotta not have like twelve sugars and twelve. Do you creams. like the
0: taste of coffee or the effects of coffee or both?
2: That's kind of the same way I feel about alcohol. It's like I never really enjoyed the taste of a nice cocktail. I never really enjoyed the taste of a nice beer. I drank it because I wanted to get drunk. The and results, it. yeah. Yep. And Crazy.
1: They always say when you're ready for a new chapter, you just feel it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you just it's feel it.
2: Yeah. And you just and I'm I'm definitely the type of person that's like when I'm ready to do something and I want something, like I put my mind to it and I get it. Right. Um. And so it's
1: can I ask your sign?
2: Uh, Taurus. Oh, yeah, I yeah. was born on. You Mother's got a Day. birthday coming like
1: up. Capricorn vibes, but. Oh really? Yeah, huh. there must be some Capricorn in your chart.
2: I was born on May 11th. Okay, here we go. Mother's Day. People say oh, oh. I was all these things. Super big mama's boy. oh yeah, she's um, the
0: best. Did you experience any like major, significant hurdles uh on this like? three-year, 10-months, 39-minutes journey. Shasta to Asa as well. Mm. What's it been like since? Has it been pretty easy for you? I've been like, you know what? I, I made the decision. I'm sticking to it. And now I'm focused on all these this new chapter.
2: Yeah, there's big, there big moments that I like succeeded at. And I think for everybody that, uh, who is looking to get sober, that's sort of like the hardest things. are like, who am I going to be if I don't drink? Like, right. and, and for a lot of people, so like... Drinking is tied into that persona. Yeah, exactly. And it was so much for me. And everyone mm. who comes to a nightclub, it's like you want to be the person who's buying shots and doing all that stuff. And, like, and again, and if you can handle that and be that person, like, that's great. You know what I mean? That's, uh, and I think that's perfect. But for me, um, that was really hard. So the first big hurdle for me was like trying to uh,
1: out who you are. Yeah.
2: I got invited. So the, the bachelor party that I bailed on. Um, I got invited to that wedding, and they asked me to be the MC of the wedding. So generally, you know, that yeah. involves a lot of drinking, especially because it's like my oldest friends from yeah. Calgary. And you're part of the wedding party, party. guys. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So um, I was pretty nervous about that. And uh, but I I went and I I uh, I did it I killed it I had jokes they all landed nice um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh, and I didn't drink and I still had so much fun I still took my shirt it was um okay. Were you gonna
0: say you still it, took your shirt, took off? shirt off
2: I did yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you cut yourself off
0: there I'm like no continue oh, that sentence well I was gonna say it was
2: like it was a it was like a big Jewish wedding so so much fun where yeah. they and they do the, stuff the, chair with the chairs chairs and the jumping over each other and the so plates, get, they get rowdy a yeah, I they, the, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think they step on the but yeah on the glass, yeah. yeah, exactly. So it was a rowdy wedding. I still took my shirt off. We all danced. We all sung "Sweet Child of Mine." I did all that stuff, and I didn't have a lick of liquor. And you felt you felt happy and a so, part of the, the, the party. Like we, it was actually out in Tofino, and so we all had to group like room together. And mm. the other guy I was um, staying with, he was like, "Oh, I'm not drinking this weekend either." I was like, mm. "Perfect! Like we can be sober buddies or whatever, yeah. and we can support each other." Right. And so I went home at about. I don't know, like midnight or something. Cause I was like, okay, I've danced my butt off. I ate, I, I, I killed it. I did a speech. Yeah. I'm going to go home and like read some books and like reflect. I was like, I fucking did it. You know what I mean? This was, this was right around like six months. Uh, And the guy who I was, (laughs) the guy who was trying to not drink, he jumped, it was like a pier sort of Mm -hmm. like, so he jumped off the dock and then couldn't get back up. So he had to climb up this wall that was like covered in barnacles. So he he came back into the wedding in his (laughs) underwear uh, covered in like <laughs> oh, barnacles. So we like, so drunk. So okay. drunk. Yeah. And so then, like, wild. And so then I he was bleeding. Bleeding. Yeah. <gasps> bleeding in his underwear in front of like, you know, parents and grandparents oh, and like, all that my stuff. Gosh. And so then I woke up the next day and he was passed out with a microwave plate on his chest with the burnt Delizio pizza on it. And I was like, that (laughs) could have been me. And I was like, but I didn't do that. And I was like, I'm so happy and impressed with myself. So there was, I, I, there wasn't any like massive, um, you know, I, I went through the death of one of my dogs as well. Well, Um, which was, yeah, it was awful. Like the sad, I, I I don't wish that having your dog pass away on anybody. It's the worst thing, ever. Um, but I, I got through that without yeah. drinking. Uh, I got through all of my awkward first dates and stuff without drinking. So there wasn't. Um, you I, got
0: through working the bar. You were because you were working at the bar still yeah. while you were sober, right? Yeah, For that that was
2: that was difficult actually. I would say because. People are always like, come on, have a shot. Come on, come on. I didn't tell anybody that I wasn't drinking for the first six months until I actually officially posted on Facebook. Like I think Troy knew and I think a couple of other... I can't remember at this point, but I think only a couple people knew that I wasn't drinking at all. Mm -hmm. But for customers, obviously, you make a ton more money if you're drinking with them. So I would take... Uh, this is a good trick if you don't want to take a shot. And whatever shot you get, just get a uh, cup of coke or something that I is spit back colored. In. Yeah, so you take the shot, and then when it looks like you're sipping the chase, you're actually just spitting, spitting it back, it in. back into. The, yeah, and it then I just throw it in the bin. Yeah, um, the so, taste of alcohol. Then get. But you now out. I know. So if I ever no. drink
1: with somebody and they take the chase right away, I'm like, you fucking bitch! You
0: don't yeah, try it. Exactly. I smell the chase <laughs> after. I'm like, ah. <laughs> Shot hey! don't be drink, that guy if you know, they don't want to drink don't, <laughs> okay yeah true true,
1: true, true true i'm respecting boundaries yeah exactly <laughs> um
2: yeah so I, I uh for the first six months i did that and i basically just lied to everybody yeah um but then i was I, there
1: was there a reason why
2: um yeah i just wasn't i that's a really good question it's um, hard though
0: man like people like like when I haven't been drinking at the club at work, it's like they almost make you feel guilty shame and you for shame. It. you I'm like, yeah. why am I not? Like, I wasn't drinking hard liquor for a while, so I'd be like, no, I don't want a shot. I'm just having this Coors Light. And they're like, what? I'm like, what, well, you want a Coors Light? They're like, no. Well oh, exactly, I don't want a fucking shot. Yeah. So I'm not making you drink a course light. <laughs> so let's cheers this and move on with our fucking night.
2: Yeah. And it's it's almost like I've seen it happen and maybe that's why it's because it was such a challenge. Uh people when people say I'm not drinking, mm-hmm. other people take it as a challenge yeah, to be like, right. "Oh, well we'll see about that, buster." Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's such a weird Definitely thing in that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And 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 so I think that was part of it and I think a lot for me, and again, like, like thank you for asking that question. I, I think it was kind of fear because, like, I was, you know, I I won like bartending awards based on me being a drunk ass bartender, right. um, and being the guy who would always be down for a shot, and no matter what time of day, I would always be down to party, and I would always have people over my house, and I wasn't sure if I was ready to show normal me. You know what I mean? It's like um, yeah. I, I feel like I'm a completely different person. Um, like I'm still a happy, honest, confident guy, which I Mm -hmm. always have been, but there's just that side of me that is not there anymore. And that was such a large part of Mm -hmm, of who I was. So I, I don't think I was ready to show people that until I had like, you know, I did like a before and after photo and I got the success story stuff and, and it was just like, I was just felt at, I just felt like the time and I knew I would have to tell people eventually. Um, and so I made a big, big Facebook post that did, uh, you know. I, I got the, the feedback on it was amazing. And just hearing from people, um, in the industry, like privately message me and be yeah. like, I, what you were saying is like, I've oh, had these yeah. problems my whole life. And like, right. i I've, I, it's nice to know that other people are going through them. And yeah. that's kind of like why I started this, the Twitch stream thing that I'm doing is to talk about that stuff and to let people know that like, you're not alone in, in doing that if you want to.
1: So um, is that what you do on Twitch? Yeah, gotcha. well,
2: so it's it's part video, like obviously I love video games, so it's mm-hmm. part video games and then part uh, I talk about sobriety. So for right. the first two, I stream four nights a week and for the first two weeks, like after every stream, I'd stream for about two and a half hours of games and then I would do a half hour and I would tell my story of sobriety and like the ups and the downs and the highs and the lows and like when I first uh, when I first started like drinking as a kid, and and I, I just get into it, and so that's done now. Um, but now I've and, and the really interesting part is I've uh, just on Saturday I started interviewing other people. Yeah, saw that You're their sobriety. So yeah, a couple of internet issues, but I mean we'll work on it. It, yeah, it happens. <laughs> so exactly technology, exactly. Yeah. And I don't. Yeah, I think her her computer is a bit older, and it was it was just uh, you yeah, know we'll figure it out. I yeah. made I made her get uh, I I sent her a bunch of Amazon links to get like hardwired internet because just wi-fi is so spotty you right. never know um but it was so great to just hear people share their stories and i was at, like one of the most interesting things i found from talking to her is i was i grew up with her older brother okay. and we were in a band together so she saw us i never like i didn't you know when you you know when you know someone and you see their younger siblings and you're like, yeah, you don't yeah, even know, really right. know them until they're yeah. all grown up and you're like i don't even i can't even think of you with anything but like this yeah, a little a child, kid yeah. that like I don't <laughs> even think about. Yeah. Um. But like you know I helped her with her whole sobriety thing when she started to get sober, and so I've seen her turn into like such an amazing person. Right. Um. But I didn't know that like you know she was like I would always see you guys out partying and doing bad stuff and getting into trouble. Like I was a terrible kid in high school. <laughs> um. I almost got I almost got expelled on the last day of high school. Actually. Oh my gosh. Horrible. Yeah. Blacked out. And you couldn't have
1: gone just one more day.
2: <laughs> I. It was so I called. Um. I woke up in my bed and it said eight on no it said nine on the clock and so I called my mom I was like hey like sorry I'm gonna be a little late for school like it's nine I, wo- I, s- I slept in late and she's like are you kidding me I was like I, I don't know I'm sorry yeah like I'm gonna be late and she's like it's nine at night oh, <laughs> you shit. almost got expelled today the cops like Found you and brought you home like you were vandalizing people's cars in the parking lot and you wouldn't leave the school oh my god so i blacked were you drunk i blacked out in the shower i it sort of started coming back to me i drank in the shower i got kicked off the city bus because i was smoking cigarettes on the city bus and then i went to school obviously they kicked me out of school because yeah. i was like beyond and then i started like kicking people's mirrors on their cars and stuff and just do it and they're like just leave like like, you you go like you off <laughs> and and I actually had pretty good grades too so it was just like it, they were just like just go like and so and and then anyways we went back into the like the neighborhoods and we were drinking and doing more stuff so almost got expelled on the last day of, of high school so. it's all well been there yeah <laughs> close call yeah
1: that's funny uh, like
0: you you mentioned you know after you were kind of worried about letting people know that you weren't drinking that you were sober but then once you released your story on Facebook the amount of love and the amount of support mm-hmm. came pouring in. I find that super interesting because like like it seems like a switch change for everyone. I'm sure that after that point no one was like, Come on, let's do a shot, just do a shot. Like that all probably stopped. But before when you were like people were like you know, that six months prior when you were bartending sober but no yeah. one knew and people were like offering you shots, they probably were pushing you a little more.
2: It you know, it really depends. Um I think for for a lot of like my closest co-workers and obviously like Troy and all you guys were very supportive of that. You know, like, mm-hmm. yeah, you're doing amazing. You look great. Like you're not passing out behind the bar anymore. Yeah. Your, your cash outs are fine. <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. You're not staying here until seven in the morning yeah. and then going to the casino and losing yeah. all your tips. Like, all, you know, all of that stuff ended. So it was like I could only see it as a positive, mm-hmm. especially from your guys' standpoint. Right. Um, but there was still a lot of, of customers that I would be like, you know, they come in like, oh, let's do a shot. I was like, no, sorry. Like I'm not. And it's sort of like you know that uh, type of customer that's definitely more pushy. They come mm-hmm. in, they like throw around money, and and they're impress. already a little drunk. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, and uh, and so I would be like, hey, no, I'm not drinking, and they'd be like, no, let like let's do a shot, and like either they would be too drunk or maybe they just didn't understand, um, and so I would get frustrated, and eventually with most people I would have to be like, like listen, yeah, I don't fucking drink anymore, and it's disrespectful for totally. you to. Ask me to drink because I don't want to drink. I'm happy to get you a drink. I'll drink a shot of water with you or anything. But by you trying to like force me to get drunk, I've worked so hard to get here, and yeah. it, it is actually offending me that you are not getting one hundred percent. Like because you're not getting it.
0: You apply so, that to any other situation. Yeah. Like if a guy's trying to pick up a girl and he like she's like no thank you or whatever and he keeps on hounding or not. like yeah. that's totally unacceptable. But mm-hmm. for whatever reason in in the industry, it, it's a little like it, people kind of tolerate. Yeah, people like pushing drinks on people, which yeah. is so fucked.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I've I did that as a bartender for so long. I always push drinks on people because yeah. that's what you're supposed to do. But then I, guess I was you just like,
0: never really know if there's
1: an issue. You know what I mean? Yeah, or if there's a problem, and or, that's, and yeah. that's the thing is yeah. like
2: I think for a lot of people, you just because like I think the good outweighs the bad with drinking for most people. Um, or maybe that's a bit, that's that's the mentality you have. It's, it's like worth the hangover. The f- yeah, the fun yeah. I have and the memories I make and the friends I meet and the cool random times you have uh, is worth the, the hangovers and, mm-hmm. and and the, and the like, bad decisions. anxiety, and, and, yeah, the, the, and, the, and the, yeah, and, and, and yeah. like sometimes like the depression or whatever. And uh, but I, for me, it just got to the point where I was like, it's really not. Yeah. Um. And so yeah, it was. I'm I'm so happy now that I'm at a point where like people, you know, I can go out with all of my buddies and and. They would never offer me anything because I just don't, you know. They, or I'll, they, they understand, yeah. Or I'll get a non-alcoholic beer, which I love. I know. I never <laughs> thought. <laughs> duels is a lame non-alcoholic oh, beer. I don't know. That's the only one I know. <laughs> I'm a they smart. have
0: a Heineken now, don't they? A Heineken Zero. Yeah, they or have, something? They have
2: Heinekens. Uh, they have Budweisers. They have a bunch. of uh, Red Racers are really good. Now,
0: is it just like is it like a social thing, or do you like the taste? Or both? Um,
2: it's. I think there's a lot wrapped up in it, actually. I don't even think I enjoy the taste of beer that much, but I think it is, A, having one, because I was like, this is a a cheers to not being drunk and I can have this and, and feel good about myself. Yeah. Um and that kind of makes it taste good, I think. Right. Um I'm also really into beezers, which is like beer and clamato juice and hot oh, sauce. Oh yeah, yeah, like. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. or no no, that sort of they're not they're not beezers. They're called micheladas.
0: Oh, michelada. Micheladas. micheladas. Yeah. Those are so, tasty actually.
2: So good. So I I generally have those. Um, okay but I I just find it it is such a nice it, it is social and yeah. I think I think that's the part that you do miss about a drinking is something that like you know you and and it's yeah well so we're, we're all sitting here hand. yeah we have a glass of water or yeah. two i have a water and a coffee in front of me and it's like it makes everything just seem more like social yeah, yeah you know totally. like we're sitting doing something and and you kind of do miss that if you're uh, if you're not drinking at all like mm-hmm. or if you are that that's nice
1: to when you get in awkward you can just be like oh <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: and have a little surprise. yeah and, and it breaks up the conversation and you can take take time and uh and I think you oh. definitely do miss that if if you're not drinking but there's tons of ways to get around that and you know right. Sarah, Sarah loves drinking we're actually after this we're going out for happy hour and she's going to have some mocktails I'm going to have a non-alcoholic caesar it's going to be great do they have like this happy
0: hour <laughs> have like discounts on non-alcoholic as well Yeah. no i don't oh. know. do they <laughs> i, I <thought laughs> so, so yeah yeah for sure some, like some have
1: like a like a non-alcoholic special yeah, option but yeah. I don't, no they have the option I but don't like, think they're on special though
2: oh no, you got like four dollar shots and whatever non-alcoholic buds. What what you can get, <laughs> you can get like car- you can get buckets of them for you know yeah, like four bucks a beer that may
0: be a fucking a business plan there no, you go, yeah. fuck. No, no. You heard it here first, no one, no <laughs> one pinch it.
2: <laughs> so I'm a really big
1: mental health guy and I want to kind of sure. dive into that for a Please. little bit because I'm on like a mental health journey, Good. trying to figure out like, you know, what my boundaries are, mm-hmm. how to improve, just the way I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Was, is there a significant change in yours? Like after the drink, after like being sober and prior to it, did you think that that kind of had something to do with?
2: Yes. Um so
1: And p- uh, please feel free not to answer just cuz I know that's Oh very, no, I'm yeah.
2: super happy to talk about that and I think that I I think for me like my men- like what deprived me of having a really strong mental health mm-hmm. is 100% drinking. Um and just realizing how much I had uh how much i had given up right. because of of drinking. Um and so um I now I'm I'm so much more confident um i'm so much more happy mm-hmm. um and it's you really it just it's not so much that it's never there it's just when being sober gives you more time to look at that stuff and right. recognize it and and think about it and be like who am i you know right. what i mean like who am i fully
1: and where are these thoughts coming from or yeah, you know, what effects
2: Yeah, and, and how to deal with and and how to cope with stress and anxiety when when you don't have that for a lot of people it's like when you're stressed out or when you need to relax yeah. or when you need to celebrate or when you need to be sad or when you need to do any number of like expressive emotions. Um, drinking is sort of where you go to. Right. Whether it's, you know, you're celebrating a birthday or you're celebrating a funeral or you're celebrating a wedding or you're celebrating a breakup. Like it's all of that is you, all, you drink. All yeah. um, but when you don't have that and you have to deal with those emotions with a completely clear mind, um, it really pushes you to find out who you are and be confident in yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I've found that meditating is massively important for me, especially right. Um, so I started meditating about a year into my sobriety um, and I you know it's I, I did it straight for almost a year and mm-hmm. then now it's it's hit and miss. It depends on really sort of where to, where my where my head's at mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always try and do it like three or four or five times a week right. And it just sitting um, sitting with yourself and learning about yourself really gives you that opportunity to grow
1: right completely.
2: And I just don't. I don't think when you're when you're hungover, all you can think about is like you. Just, I, I don't How know, do you feel in that moment? I re- I just remember like that feeling of pressure on my chest when I was hungover, of like anxiety, and you feel like you're not enough, and you feel like you feel so unproductive. And you can't. See, you I didn't want to even see anyone. Yeah. Like I got anxiety when the subway guy came to deliver my sub, and I didn't want to look him in the eyes because right. I was like, I feel like a failure. You know, and like that. But that's all part of the mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just. Uh, again, like if you, um, if you can do that and still have have drinks and, and, and do that, then that's great. But for me, it was just so much easier to learn about my own mental health um, mm-hmm. when I was sober and and just meditating and and filling my life with positive stuff. And like, I still have, I still get stressed out. You know, working at a hotel is a really stressful job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think I've developed a little bit of like imposter syndrome almost because I came from an industry like the nightlife industry that I thought I was going to be in forever and I dived into hotels and now I'm in a position of like being a manager and I just feel like I'm not enough. Right. You know, I feel like I'm really, th- these people have been working for so much longer, they know so much more than I do and a lot of the times they're younger than I am too um, and I just, so that's that's its own battle but I I know that I can deal with it because I have the mental the tools. capability and I yeah. have the mental clarity to be like, you know, Tommy, this is, this isn't who you are. Like you are a good manager. Like you, you deserve to be here. Yeah. yeah. And if you, you just take it, like I have the tools now to, to, to deal with that stuff. And whereas before it's like, I think you always want to deal with that stuff, but you just don't have the mental capacity to do it.
1: Yeah. And you just don't want to. Like yeah. you know, why not? Why deal with my emotions? I can go for happy hour. Totally, and
2: and and <laughs> and like, and you'll have to deal with them eventually. Mm-hmm. But that just puts that just delays it. Or maybe, or maybe you'll just bury it and to, for a long enough that it just becomes a part of you. But I, like, I don't think that's good either, right? Right. Like, if you can't, <clears throat> if you can't deal with like really negative emotions, um, openly and honestly, you know, I I'm a massive crier. Um, I cry more than Sarah does, and she, you know, she's she's definitely the strong person in the relationship Mm -hmm. where i am like i i just i'm very emotional and that all came up because of of drinking
0: have you always been like that or has it kind of come on stronger since sobriety
2: well we've only known each other when i was sober so like she she didn't know me as a a drunk person so Mm -hmm. our um our our relationship has always been really open and i i would say as i get more comfortable with her then yes definitely like You've been um, always been an emotional
0: guy, too. like from yeah,
2: way. yeah, and not like I. I'm more of like a, a positivity crier, I guess. <laughs> like I <I've, laughs> happy tears, like happy t- I, t- yeah, tears yeah, joy. Like I get emotional when I watch the Olympics Instagram, and you see like the figure skater nail a perfect routine, and then you oh. see her, you see her parents oh. in the in the stands, and they're like crying and cheering. I was like. I want to be that dad. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, yeah. I cry about that sort of stuff. And I'm just a very, same same thing with Sarah. Like one night I came home from a hard day at work and she had like a non-alcoholic beer and uh-huh. a Beyond Meat like burger because it was our first date. That's what we ate. Are you vegetarian too? <clears throat> no, I was for a while. Okay. I, and I tried veganism and all that stuff. And it just, um, because I had very specific fitness goals of like wanting yeah, to put right on it. put on weight and muscle and all that mm. stuff. Uh, it's very hard to do that as a vegan. It's possible, hundred yeah. percent, but I just didn't. With as much of other stuff that I had going on, I just didn't have the time to to I do that. To so do that it's great. I felt great. Um, but yeah, she made me this burger and beer, and I just sat there and I like looked at her. I was like. I'm actually getting emotional how delicious and thoughtful this was and right. I just like sat there it's like <laughs>
1: no it just means so much because it took the time out to like think yeah. about what you want and what you need and to- yeah. you know it came from a hard day at work oh, yeah and go.
2: but and again like, <laughs> that, that that wellspring of emotion is is good because that's how I deal with that's how I deal with stuff mm-hmm. you know what I mean like if, if I'm stressed out at work I'm not gonna cry about it but like I, I will go and, and take deep breaths and, yeah. and I'll have a meditate on it and I'll think about all that stuff and you just sort of release it
0: do you think emotions are um contagious because sometimes i'll watch something like for example that olympic uh analogy you just had um i'll watch that and i'll see the the parents start to cry because they're so proud of what their 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 offspring just did and accomplished and then i'll start to watch that and then i'll get emotional because i'm watching someone else get emotional Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like i i honestly feel that emotions are sometimes contagious 100
2: i i agree and i think that's i think that's why i was a strong bartender um i think that that Mm, had a lot able to bounce back the same energy exactly and you know it's when people come into a bar they want to see someone who and i think uh a lot of bartenders uh and anyone who works in a service industry can get very jaded. Oh, yeah. And, and and the positivity that you put on is very fake because you're doing it for the money. You, know yep. I mean? you don't care about these people and you don't care about their lives and you don't care about anything. You're like, you have a wallet, give me your money and I'll yeah. be really nice to you and pretend I care. Yeah. Um, which is fair because of the shit you have to put up with. Like, I get why people are jaded, you know, when you have to like literally clean vomit off of your tip money at the end of the night because someone <laughs> puked in your tip jar and then like, put that in your pocket and take it home and, like, that's your money. You know, like, that sucks. And, like, you just see the worst in people. But for me, I think um, being, like, I was genuinely interested in people's lives. Mm -hmm. Even when I was drinking, I was generally interested in making sure they were, like, laughing and happy and and fun because I wanted to be laughing and happy and fun. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I I definitely, um, I think that's why it was so, like, for a nightclub, it was so easy for me to do well Because generally nightclubs is where you meet the most jaded types of, of bartending and staff is because they have to deal with the worst stuff. Oh yeah. Um, And so with me working at down, like the downstairs bar in Republic, that's where I always worked. And generally like the upstairs is like the cool place to be, but I would always have people come downstairs and visit me because I was, you know, I was just being myself and I was like, ask them about their day and I would ask them about who they were and what was going on. You know, I used to have on Sundays on good life Sundays there was one guy who came in almost every Sunday. His name was Oz. And I knew so much about his life because he would come in and just talk to me for like when it was dead from 10 o'clock to 11 o'clock. And he would tell me about his like love life and his fitness goals and his dreams and just how he was. I knew him so well. Um, but, you know, for a person who didn't give a crap about that stuff or maybe like, well, and all I gave him was a half cranberry, half Red Bull every single night one.
0: Oh, he wasn't. He wasn't drinking. No, no. Wow. I think he did drugs, though. Because he uh-huh. he, was, he, he'd always like, come back super sweaty, yeah. big pupils. Yeah, but he. Would, <laughs>
2: but that was his release. He just came to dance and, and release and and do all that. But like, I, I don't think if if there was a different type of bartender there who was like, well, he's not giving me anything, so why would I care about mm-hmm. his life? But right. for me, it was like, you're a genuinely nice guy. Yeah, yeah. so I want to get to know you. And I, um, I think, <clears throat> absolutely, emotions are contagious because that's, and that, and. That's why it's so easy to do good in bartending if you love, if you believe in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: hundred percent. Now you talked about meditating. Like I've tried meditating. I don't know if you have, Nolan. And I'm one of those guys that like said it. (laughs) My brain. I've gone into those, you know, those sense deprivation tanks that's like filled Mm -hmm. with salt water or whatever it is. My mind speeds up. Like it doesn't, it doesn't calm down. I'm in this dark room. I'm floating. I can't see nothing. I can't hear nothing. But my mind's like. So, what do you have? Some tips. Like for someone who's trying to start meditating, yeah. Like, what do you like focus on your breathing? You do you count? Like, what are your kind of
2: I can I can walk you through the steps of what a meditation would be? It, like it's it's like hit a, it. So, I, I use You're like head... whip
1: out your dick. <laughs> 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 see, see, oh, yeah, I talk, it's a no matter of time Med- before it comes naked. out, so to, or very comes viable, to...
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you so I use Headspace and they walk oh, yeah, you through guided meditations, mm-hmm. and so that, but now it's to the point where like I know what the guided meditation sure. is like, so. You start breathing, eyes open, um, staring off. You're not focusing on anything, yep. so you sort of get that vision where you're not looking at anything, but you're just looking outwards. Three or four breaths. Close your eyes, and then you just start breathing deeply. Um, and then you start to feel the you start to feel the weight of your body. So you would feel all the contact points of your feet on the ground, your butt sitting in the chair, and then your back like leaning against it. They actually advise that you sit in a chair rather than cross-legged on the ground. Really? Um, contact points? Um, I don't know. It might just be yeah. easier to sit in a chair than it is cross-legged on the ground. Like and when, when you're
0: m- breathing, are you breathing in the nose, out the mouth, or does that really so matter? So fir-
2: when your eyes are open, it's in through the nose and out through the mouth, okay. and then once your eyes are closed, it's all nose.
0: Oh. Yep. Um,
2: okay. So then you, you focus on the contact points, and then you uh, focus on any sounds. Okay. So you recognize the sounds, and you try, and like, that's my favorite <clears> part, <throat> is when you're like, you know, I, I do it on my patio. Yeah. And so all I'm right. like, oh, that's a construction worker. That's a bird. That's so a, you're trying
0: to, so you're kind of, Aware you're and like by hyper-aware by
2: almost. by note by acknowledging those sounds, yeah. you become less distracted by them.
0: Interesting.
2: Yeah. Um. So after you do that, then you do a scan through your body. So think of like the photocopier light, and mm-hmm. you're just scanning through your body, and you're recognizing. Any points of physical pain or any emotions, and you're not. Again, you're just acknowledging them. You're not um,
1: not working through them. Yeah,
2: you're not thinking about them. You're just like, oh, there's some anxiety, and it, for me, it's usually either like stress in my chest or or I feel really good, and right. so it's like everywhere feels just great. Um, after you do that, you set an intention. So you say what like why you were doing this. Who is not only for you, but who is it going to benefit? How is this going to impact your life, Uh, your loved ones, your relationships, things like that? Um, And then after that, you really start to focus on your breath. And so the rising and falling of your breath in your chest, um, it helps if you want. You can put your hand on your chest just to get the rhythm for it. And that's where you really start to do the meditation. But this is like maybe five or six minutes into the actual meditation, right? And then you just start breathing and you can count. So you can count all the way up to 10, like one on the inhale, two on the exhale, Mm -hmm. Um, or you can not count, whichever I've kind of flipped between both. I would say counting definitely keeps you more focused. And then that's, that's what you do. And that's where you, that's setting all that stuff up gets you to the point where you can do that. But as you said, your mind obviously speeds up and you can go off and start thinking about things or whatever. That's okay. Like, The most important part is to not get stressed out that you're doing that. Yeah. You just acknowledge it and then move on. And how long
0: is the session? Do they they (laughs) vary in length or do you kind of...
2: You can make it as long or as short as you want, but the shortest ones they have is 10 minutes and the longest I've done is 20.
0: So they have like a a chime or something that brings you out.
2: Uh, So with the guided meditations, there's like series. So there's like um, series on relationships or your mind or your happiness or money. And so... uh, each meditation will have like one or two minutes of him talking about a new thing or a new concept or a new way of meditating. Mm -hmm. Um, And then after that, he will ask you to come out of the meditation. So when you, when you're doing your breathing um, as thoughts come into your head, you acknowledge them as thinking or feeling like, is that a thought or is that a feeling? And you just look at it and then they say, it's almost like touching a feather to the top of a crystal glass and just watching it like, Melt away. You know what I mean? Like it's just a soft acknowledgement, and then it's like a cloud in the sky that's just passing by. And you try and bring your focus back to your breath. Right. So you're not getting hung up on yeah. it. You're just saying, "Hey, there's a thought. That's it."
0: But if it's a feeling, you spend more time on it. No,
2: no. Uh, you you just like acknowledge the feeling. You just acknowledge or... it. You say, "Oh, I'm feeling anxiety," and you're like, "Okay." Um, and they they try and equate it to like being being outside in a, in a rainstorm and feeling that rain, or being inside behind a window and you can see that feeling. You're not a part of it. You're just watching it from afar. You're stepping back. And you don't
1: try to like think about why you're feeling like that in that nope. moment yet. Nope. Okay.
2: Nope. Um, no. And that's that's sort of like for afterwards. But right, you're just trying to center yourself and take that time. And then afterwards, uh, he asks you to sort of come out of it and you start um, listening to sounds again, feeling your hands, and because you really mm. do get into you. Like you have no. For me, when I meditate, it's like I have no concept of of physical. Like Mm -hmm. I can't feel anything. I don't, it's just, you are just so focused on your breath and your mind uh, that you just, you don't want to like open your eyes and start going. And then you, again, you open your eyes and set that intention again and think about what you're going to do. And a a really cool thing that I, that they have sort of nailed into you is like a lot of people focus, uh, uh, you know, when you're getting stressed, like you can feel when anxiety is there, you can feel when sadness is there. But a lot of people don't focus on when that emotion goes away. It just kind of goes away and you don't think about it. Mm-hmm. But when you can feel that emotion like releasing, remember that feeling because that's where you want to get. You want to get to that point of like, oh, I was feeling really stressed out about something, but I took a bunch of deep breaths or I meditated or whatever you do. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, I feel better now. And you remember those emotions. Um, yeah. That's
0: crazy. Well, this sounds like, I mean, I don't know what you're obviously being sober um, I wonder what your your take is on like psychedelics and oh. things like cambo or that's um, supposed Campbell's that frog one where you take it and then mm. you you purge you physically yeah. vomit and that's supposed to be the purging of all you know negativity or whatever your intention is you're purging that yeah and then you know there's mushrooms and there's like you know studies on all those kind of things like do you have any perception or notion on on psychedelics and how they can kind of uh, speak to mental health at all.
2: Hmm. I wish I had more of an informed opinion. I've I've taken mushrooms uh, yeah. before, mm-hmm. um, but it usually generally get ga- out of. I think I've done them maybe like six times in my entire life. I haven't done them, uh, you know, in the last probably seven years or eight years or I don't yeah. know how long. But um, <clears throat> for me, they were generally just made me very anxious. Um. That being said, I know that they're being used a lot now for mental health and making you discover parts of yourself. And I think, I think there is something there. Yeah. Um, I wish I could speak from a more of informed opinion, but I know like people who go on ayahuasca journeys, mm-hmm. um, or yeah, again, even just taking like micro doses of mushrooms or anything mm-hmm. like that. And you, I think it allows your brain to be open and yeah. free. And for a lot of people. They need that for me like meditation is kind of the same thing mm-hmm. but it allows like it allows those blocks and in your inhibitions of what you who you think you are to kind of go away yeah. right and then it just allows your brain to like breathe um, and be open and, and try thinking all these crazy thoughts mm-hmm. Um, so yeah it wasn't definitely wasn't uh for me but I do remember the feeling that I always felt right as I was coming down just very great like yeah gratuitous a, 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 I was regard. feeling grateful.
0: Grateful. There you yep. go. So as, as someone who's sober, would you like ever consider microdosing or is that just too mm-hmm. close to relapse or you know, I don't too hard to say right now.
2: I mean, I would have to check with Sarah first. Um that that's, was, that's cute. That's adorable. <laughs> yeah, no, and I don't I don't I don't think I would. Yeah. Like if if it was a, if there was uh if someone approached me in a way that was like this would benefit this or mm. this may be something that's beneficial to you in that way. If it sure. was a benefit to me or Sarah, then I'd be like, hey, this is something that, you know, do you want to try this or what do you feel about that? Yeah. Um, and I would broach that. But I don't think At so. Point, yeah. And and for me, it's not so much that, like, I don't want to do them. I just I, I feel like I already am so accomplishing sat- what satisfied you, yeah, right. yeah. that I don't need. And same same thing with weed. Like I, I just uh, I have. I haven't smoked weed in a long time either, mm-hmm. um, but again, and again for a, again for a lot of people I know it helps them be calm and, mm-hmm. and less anxious and stuff. Um, but I'm just not at a point where I, I don't think it would make me go back to anything. Yeah, I just don't see how it would benefit. benefit yeah, me totally.
1: See uh, a fit for it. Yeah, like, yeah, no.
2: yeah. There's there's, <laughs> there's just not. And yeah. I think I think the last time I smoked weed was like. Eight years ago, and I tried to watch Wreck-It Ralph, and I had like a panic attack. <laughs> I was just so it always why are they so, so animated? Yeah, it just made me so anxious, and that's a lot. I, that's kind of like the way I felt with mushrooms as well. Fair so. enough.
0: I think I have one more question. Do you have any more questions? I have I one more not. question I if you want to wrap this up oh. with. Cool. It's, it's maybe it's, I don't know if you have a, an answer, so feel free to say beat it if you don't.
2: <laughs> but what does success look like to you? Yeah. Um. For me, at, at this point in my life, um, probably would be family. Okay. So, uh, one of the biggest things um, that I have realized about myself mm-hmm. uh, being sober is that I want to be a dad and I want to have a family, and like that's the biggest. Uh, <laughs> no one's gonna have a. Fucking <laughs> like you said you're engaged, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's like the biggest. That's the biggest thing that. Uh, i i just i realized that i i like i want to have a house and i want to have a kid and Mm -hmm. i want to be that dad that like cares for people Mm -hmm. um and so for me like yes having a great a big job is important and I, i i do look forward to really like moving up in the hotel industry and getting to that point as well but um if if i had to choose between having a job that you know, made six figures in a year or or more or whatever, and choosing or having a happy family, I would choose family because you don't need
0: to choose, bro. You could have that. Yeah, and both. that's
2: and that's what I mean is like I can have both, yeah. and I'm definitely working towards that. But if I had to choose, it for me, like being a good dad would mean the world to me,
0: right? And is that why is that the inspiration for your Twitch handle? Uh, happy dad. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Oh. Well, happy because I'm happy, right? Um, and then dad, dad because I'm a daddy. Well, yeah, I want to <laughs> okay. be I want to be a dad, and I think I think that's like me putting that as my twitch channel happy dad like i'm not a dad uh, you're putting but that just out it, there as- for the it's aspirational like yeah. i want to be i want to not only be the father to a child but i want to embody what a good dad is Is like right. quiet confidence honest open compassionate like strong and all of that stuff and that's who i want to be <clears throat> yeah and so for me i think just being a good person is what success looks like to me
0: like oh that's a yeah i Best love answer. that i love answer. that yeah Yeah, no better place to end off than that. Changed over time.
2: Uh oh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, have you not been
1: listening to this entire podcast? I've went like. (laughs) Were you really focused? Career wise before and then now you just realize the importance of family.
2: Uh yeah. So I like when I when I was drinking, I my my whole plan was to own a nightclub or own a restaurant and I started saving and like, you know, I was putting away when I was when I was working six nights a week in a nightclub, obviously the money was good, so I was trying to save like two thousand bucks a month and just putting it away and putting it away. Mm-hmm. Um But that just that was my goal. I but again, like I didn't have time to think about it. It was just this sort of like I was like oh, yeah, I was like, where do you, and I think for a lot of people in the, in the bartending and, and nightlife industry, like as a, not as an owner, as like a bartender or a server, it's like, where do you go? Mm-hmm. You know, you've gotten to, there was nowhere, f- like, obviously other than like going into management, but like. Where do you go as a bartender after you are like the head bartender? Yeah, right. What's what's there? And so for me, it was always just like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to own something. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do that. But I you ne- I never thought about it. I never thought, like, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. And I think um, in life, what I realized is that there are some goals in life that you it takes a lot of time and planning to do like get, you know getting a house you're like oh yeah i'm just going to get a house but like what does that look like, like mm-hmm. you have to make sure your credit score is good you have to have a lot of money to invest you have to be able to like sustainably save that money and not bankrupt yourself and to do that like you have to have a plan of how much money am i going to save a month how am i going to do that and it's so it's um i never like looking back it was a uh, it was something that I was like, yeah, I'm just going to do, but I never had a plan on how I was going to do it. I was right. saving money, and I I was going to like figure it out. I'm sure, but I never knew. And then so now that I'm sober, it's like wh- I can plan all that stuff out. Like you know, I know when we're going to have a house. I know when we're going to have a kid. Wow. I know what our you know I'm we're planning our wedding right now. So yeah. it's gonna be super fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, it it definitely changed over time, like my aspirations and and just like. The whole concept of long-term goals is something that you—I d- just never had time for in my life. As when I was drinking, yeah,
0: when as you're I younger, you have, everything's very like. In the moment. In the moment. Not really looking past like next week.
2: Yeah. And that's good. Like, and I I think one of the the biggest things for me is that like, I am glad I lived the way I did. Yeah. And I'm glad I went through all the hard times, and all the bad times and all of the crazy times. Because for me, it's like, I realized I pushed my life and my experiences as hard as I could to that end of the extremes of like partying and drinking Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. And I know that there's nothing there for me. Yep. Like it's it's at the end of the day, it's like that yeah. is there's no what if. It gets to a point, uh, you know, in most people's lives where you're like, okay, that's it. Like I've I've I'm like I'm still gonna drink socially and casually, but mm-hmm. like and but that being said, I'm glad I did because you need to live that life so you have no regrets in the future and you mm-hmm. don't ever wonder yep. what was going on. Because I see tons of people, you know, I and I did most of my drinking and partying in my early like teens and and 20s and like up to my 27s. But there's a lot of people who don't really get out from um, under those restrictions, whether it's parents or jobs or whatever until their 30s. And then they have the money to do whatever they want. And, and then they really the go is. off the deep end. Mm-hmm. And that's even more trouble because you don't have you don't have time to make those mistakes. Mm-hmm. Like you are already in your adulthood. And it's really more difficult. So mm-hmm. I would I would not trade my my experiences with with drinking and everything like that for the world because I think it informed it and, and me. made me appreciate what I have and never want to let it go. Right.
0: Amen, brother. Cool. Oh, well, thank you for for sharing. It's, uh, a it's been a great episode. talk. Yeah. Cool. And um, I'm so fucking stoked about that uh, engagement ring. Mm-hmm. That's like my. <laughs> I'm so. I, I hope that's where we're going towards because I think that's amazing cuz you're sharing the love you're you want you're proud about it you want other people to know and yeah i think that's great i love it cool well next chapter baby yeah exactly cool where can we find you um, on social, yeah, not your, your address. address. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually live just, I, I where live, can we find I you? Six, seven, eight. Somewhere. I literally live a block away from here. So, oh, perfect. Yeah, just oh, shit. hang out Did I say your real <laughs> address. <laughs> <laughs> um, no one knows where studio is.
2: <laughs> yeah, so I am on Instagram. I am Happy Dad TV. Uh, on Twitter, I am Happy Dad TV. On Twitch, which is where my main source of, of social media is, I am also Happy Dad TV. Um, I stream on Sunday, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays, usually around six or seven PM P. PST um, and my sobriety interviews are on, are at 8:30 uh, PST every Saturday.
3: Oh, that's was,
0: ah, okay. that was so, informative.
2: Um, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I, I, I think I talked about it at the start of the the, um, the podcast that um, I just got to the point where I can start making a profit off of my streams. Amazing. Um, and so I'm actually donating 10% of everything I make to a charity. So that's it's amazing. Which one? Uh, it's called Foundry BC. Okay. Um, and they, uh, are, they provide mental health and wellness resources for youth age 12 to 24. I love uh, that. Whether just general mental health yeah. uh, or addictions or anything like that. Um, yeah so that's I've I've actually I reached out to them and they reached back and they said you know we have your back we'll, we'll give you whatever resources you need to help so that's amazing um, that's yeah so supporting my channel uh, on Twitch helps you support a, a charity and again ties back into that thing of like I know there's people out there who want to do good yep. and I'm just I want to make sure there's ways for them to do it so it's
0: amazing amazing Well, thank you again for coming on. Of course. Appreciate you. Good to see you. Let's not have another two years between visits. I know. I'll come back anytime. Hey, guys.
1: It's been a new episode of PNC. I think this one was fucking insightful as fuck. Um, You can find us at PNC underscore podcast or our personals at Nolan Persan and Akio Kaya. Don't forget to thumb us on Spotify. Apple Podcast and probably YouTube sometime soon. I keep saying it because I'm manifesting it. I'm going to fucking make it happen. You do that. yeah And watch out for our TikTok. Oh, God. Here we go. <laughs> okay, guys. Thanks for listening. Play out the light. 12
0: folks
1: swipe. Busting
3: out the bells out the box.